Ready to go live. Oh, the music's starting. I am hyped. We've figured it out. We have so much technology rolling. We've got DSLR cameras, we've got HDMI inputs, we've got transcoders to USB-Cs, we've got iPad Bluetooth coming into Rode Prodcaster Pros into flipping everything. Ladies and gentlemen, we've stepped up the level. We're flipping giddy up and rolling. And we're live, we're back in the mix. Uh, how are we team? I'm joined by Cassie Roma. How are you Cassie? Oh, you know what? Just about ready to oh. go for a sunny Friday run. This is amazing. Uh, would you, because now we've got all so much technology, I'm just gonna put this. I've got, uh, if you, you freshly tune in, we've got, I can I can bring in, I can bring in beats. Look, I, I'll, I'll just quickly switch it up. No biggie. Um, if you've got any musical <laughs> requests, Cass, just let me know, and I'll feel free to um, feel free to jump it in. But we have stepped up the level. We've we've, we've stepped up the what? quality. We've stepped up the content, and it's looking a okay. How are you doing this morning? Great. I'm a little bit envious. I've got technology envy. I've got literally a pair of headphones and a and a. <laughs> you just picture it. I've got my phone just stacked on two pieces of Tupperware. So that's my tech this morning. I get so hyped on when it takes me so long. So when you see this, this whole piece here, it's it can have up to like four cameras in it. I've got US, I've got a Bluetooth flipping thing going on here. I can just bring in beats if I want, just just casual. And then we've got um, got a light going on, whole bunch of shit happening. So I'm I'm very proud of myself actually. I know this is taking me flipping. And we, obviously we would have gone on a little bit earlier before, but... Um, we had to do our checks. We had to, we had to we do had our to checks. And, and, and we'd <laughs> then figured out, because we were running DSLR directly into an HDMI, it was doing a straight raw record out of it. So we had to try and figure out how not to have my face thing going on. So anyway, uh, anyway. Kanan's here, what's up? Malcolm's here. If, you, uh, if you're just joining us and now, uh, tune in and say what's up, ask Cassie a question. We've got some cool stuff to talk about, Cassie. We had a conversation... When was it? Last oh, it was last week on another last run. Week. I always get you while I'm out, you know, huffing and puffing. Sorry about yep. that. <laughs> getting fit and getting active, getting amongst it. You know, it. that lockdown um, vibe. Let's get straight into it because, oh, man, we had a good little ranter on this one. Uh, uh -huh. Let me just quickly bring up, just quickly, what we down. Karen, pizzas, dominoes, culture. Oh. Oh, um, the dominoes who, did fall. For those who aren't aware, what happened? So Domino's Pizza New Zealand, who I am I have to say straight out, I'm a huge Domino's fan. Still a huge Domino's fan, even after this little debacle. Um, but Domino's Pizza, I believe from um, Australia, decided that in New Zealand it would be a really, really good idea to have a free pizza giveaway competition, which first and foremost for pizza, all you literally have to do is put a picture of pizza on the screen and go, we're giving the shit away and people will be all over it, right? It's not, it's not a tough strategy, but they decided that now was the time in culture and history to celebrate the good Karens um, and utilize the cultural meme of the angry privileged white woman and flip it on its head at a time of like huge cultural unrest and change and thought that it was a really good idea to celebrate people called Karen in a positive way. And while I get for like two seconds, that might've been like a, a chuckle for some people around the boardroom table, 
to bring it to life. Um, I thought it was a joke when I first saw it shared, um, which is why I talked to you, Rebecca, because I wrote a piece on it, um, which has gone off like a frog in a sock in a good way. But I was still in that beginning stage of like disbelief, you know, of like how could anybody put this into the world? Like who chose this? Why did it happen? And then should I write about it? Like did my voice and were my was my reckons needed? Um, yeah. So because w- when we had a, our quick chat, we kind of talked through what happens when a brand essentially tries to leverage off public momentum for social meme quality into direct commercial transaction of product, right? And if it turns tits up, at what point do you say, oh, we didn't know what we were doing when it's 2020 and everyone flipping knows exactly what they're doing because they're trying to leverage off the momentum of those topical memes for them to try and sell more shit. So then when it flips to try and play the dumb card, was that what was your biggest thing that pissed you off about it? Was that the bit that you were just like, uh, uh-uh, not good enough, or was it? What was it for me? Yeah, for me, it was the the tone deafness. Um, I've been doing social media for almost twenty years now, right? And I know that means I'm the old grandma uh, of it, but also we're aware we have so many marketers and advertisers. And what you just said was perfect about if you're going to leverage financially off of a cultural moment or meme or trend you at least have to Google it, like understand what it means. Because a, like a Karen, I understand that a lot of white women named Karen right now are feeling particularly triggered. I've had DMs, like in an actually in a, Dude, in a heartfelt uh, way, yeah. I've had people go, I don't even want to comment on, I've had people call Karen DM me and say, I don't even want to comment on anything because I don't want to be harassed. Yeah. So I get that, however, we well, Nigel had his moment in the sun. Let's go through that. <laughs> there's whenever there's time, certain times in cultural history, different names pop and don't. There is a reason that no one's been named Adolf since 1945. There is a reason that <laughs> you know sometimes when the No Mates thing came out and it was called Nigel No Mates, anyone named Nigel got given shit. So unfortunately, the tables are turned kind of weirdly into potentially a negative side because the brand association associated with something that's that's bad, not positive, right? So it, it, it's not the first time that like names have been associated with momentum. It just sucks because I know a really nice Karen and I feel really sorry for her because even now you watch these little viral videos that pop up and it's just Karen token. It's like Walmart Karen back at it again. That's right. But most of like most of those people um, named Karen, however it's spelled, know, understand the cultural significance of the moment too. And when you watch the behavior online and you understand what's happening the world over, even here in New Zealand, you kind of go, okay, it's our turn right right now. And we deserve that. Um, it, you know, some of those memes are just dripping in privilege. So I thought for a pizza company in little old New Zealand to put together an entire campaign that was like, it had data capture, it had um, different touch points, they were tweeting, um, I thought that really got to me and rankled me, but then the community management side of it um, really was what I think I talked to you about, which really yep. got me hot under the collar because... Now, yeah, go there a for few- a second, because I think that's the, that's the key piece, right? Because the it's always so easy if it starts to turn shit into delegate and offset some subcontract agency for whatever. But when you're talking about data capture, touch points and all the rest of it, 
they have clearly thought the shit through and they know that's exactly right. what they're doing. So go, that's go right. there because I think that's a tweet. A, yep. You know, it was it wasn't just a fast off. It this was this had gone through multiple checks and multiple stakeholders to sign it off to get it out into the world, and it was out into the world. And once the momentum started going, hey, this feels kind of yuck. I don't like the way this feels. Do you understand the cultural moment? We had quite a lot of our um, Maori and Pacifica saying, hey, this is really, really tonally off. The, the community manager started to call anybody who didn't like the campaign Karens and basically started to bully Try other to people. And I was like, Karen, you're, the moment. yeah, you're a brand. Stop. Take a breath. Like, I know I have fucked up so many times on behalf of big brands. And the first thing you do is you stop and you apologize and you go, oh, my gosh, we were dumb. We messed that up yikes we'll fix it you know that's so they that's doubled it down they doubled down and then when they did apologize i think it was the next day it was very much a gaslighter's apology it was like hey we understand you're really sorry about this but here's why it's your fault that you're sorry about it and i was like no all you needed to say was like our crest we are we have risen to the moment <laughs> and we Jeez. are so sorry you know so just say yeah, and we and when we talked about this, I think last week it was, where does the accountability actually lie th through this whole supply chain in, in a situation like that? Because is it just a lack of self awareness at at agency side? Is it just a is it a rushed thing from executives in an organisation to try and just you know leverage the moment? I mean, the, the last one that I can think, at obviously a national side that went bigger was um, Kylie Jenner's Pepsi one. Yeah. with you know let's let's stop street rights with a pepsi and then that <laughs> flopped like crazy is that is this new zealand's version of Kyle, kylie jenner's uh is it kylie jenner, Kendall jenner one of the one of the old mates um is it as bad as that for new zealand i don't think this one was bad and that was yeah. after i had my chat with you thankfully and took a deep breath i looked at it from the lens of okay i've messed up a lot this was a major oopsie moment as you said when we started this morning it's 2020 the accountability for anything that goes out into the world like this, it's, it lies with the people at the top and then the amount of trust they give their stakeholders to push things out into the world. I felt really bad for the franchisee owners, right? The small mom and pop shops who might be negatively affected by something that um, a big corporate brand or agency did. Um, I also think that it, it's really nuanced. So I've sat around obviously lots of tables where decisions like this have been made. So sometimes it's the highest paid person in the room's opinion goes, even if you or I said, um, probably not the best idea. And they go, well, we're doing it. And since you work here, press go. Like I've had that happen quite a few times too. And you're just like, I don't want to be tarred with that brush. Um, so I'm not sure on this one where the accountability lies. Luckily they pulled it really quickly. They had mm. their quasi apology and they've gone pretty quiet, but I see their um, TV tarps have been back up around celebrating their their New Yorker pizza. So I think they did genuinely make a mistake, but that mistake could have been stopped had they just Googled or just slowed down and took their marketing hats off and thought, how would a normal human feel like this? Yeah. Especially our target market in New Zealand. Yeah. And I think this part, the other bit to it was, I think, unless you, it almost is a copycat syndrome of them almost trying to do a localized version of the Wendy's Twitter social media yeah. manager right where yeah. it, there's there's levels to this shit right and they're yeah. they're 
the Wendy's Twitter is almost like globally infamous in, within marketing worlds of, you know, just the the humor and the intellect that goes between behind each different piece. It's not, it's different. It, it, the intent is 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 humor and topical that's on point and it's still got like care with enough of a subtle jab that makes you want to like it opposed to just by saying, oh, well, you're a Karen. It's like we're yeah. saying, no, you, like it's trying to have a, you know, a, a, a street fight with someone's like, oh, no, you're fat. No, you're fat. Oh, you, you smell. Oh, you smell. It's like, the f- what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, what? and that's, that was the kind of social interactions that came out of it. So you could see in their community. And I think this was literally just to give people free pizza. But what happened was the conversation in the community that like on Domino's has been really good. I think Domino's has been one of the key brands for 2020 for me that has done a fantastic job over COVID and lockdown in New Zealand. And they've just done a, a great brand positioning around tech and, and getting your food to you safe and, you know, nice and, and, and well. So I, for me, this was a big fuck up for them, but it was like the community then started to fight. So people like me, I commented, I try not to comment ever <laughs> publicly on Facebook for brands. I've gone off of Facebook, but this one I had to jump in because I just really felt like they needed to take this down. And then people would jump on to me and I'm like, oh, so you're creating this rift in society mm. where we need to be doing more of that anyways. And I feel like that's the job of business and brands and those who hold budgets, right? To speak to people at a macro level and change society. Why would you pit people against each other like that when you could come up with an idea? They could have just asked, tell us about your favorite pizza. And then yep. they could have put polls up. They could have they could have done a lot of beautiful things. But to your point about Wendy's, Wendy's has earned the right to do that and to be, yep. you know, mimetically topical. They have earned the right to be culturally topical over years. It hasn't just happened overnight where they jump in and think that they're real clever. And I think that was a piece that was missing too, is that they, Domino's as a brand hadn't earned the right to get that um, yep. culture. They just jumped straight straight in and tried to go for a kill shot. It's like, you haven't earned your stripes yet, mate. But the reality yep. is, I'm imagining, if it was a localized campaign with that type of stuff, I don't think the they would have had the senior exec at one of the big four managing that account. I, no. I, I feel no. that potentially the the pay salary behind that individual who was pushing those buttons was probably not in the exact same room as the as the thinking of what it was trying to do at a at a at a, at a macro. I'm I'm guessing. I don't know. I I don't know. I um I did message Domino's New Zealand, um, and they came back to me with um, we are not going to tell you who our agency was that that put this on, which um, was interesting an interesting response. I have a feeling I know who it was and it was, you know, a mix of in-house and agency. And regardless of who pushed the button, there had to be multiple, multiple people building landing pages and splash pages and writing post copy and creating short links and all of these things. And whether or not somebody stood up and said, yeah, not a good idea and weren't listened to, or just there was a culture of not feeling comfortable to say, this is not okay, I'm not sure. Um, I like but to give people, you know, the benefit of the doubt, but this brand is a big brand. This is a global brand and you can't wade into the waters of Karen to give away pizza. Don't you think it's a little bit stuffed up though, that agencies and brands are the first to scream from the rooftops when they're winning their awards and their little fancy pencils and their little gold stars and little pins of death but then something goes wrong and they it goes into defense mode to, to hide and protect absolutely everyone. I think, you know, yeah. 
uh, what yeah, would that, be that really, really got me. That actually really got me. That response. We're not going to tell yeah. you who the agency it's like, was, and I was like, all right, I'll just ask somebody in the. I'll industry. just ask <laughs> exactly. I will just ask Carl. Hey, bro, yeah. who's that? All right, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about the the way that a brand could play it, the ninja move would be if Domino's New Zealand actually, um, you know, do they do an article in Stop Press? And it's like, you know, three lessons learned for, from advertising through stuffing up or something, right? And the, the, the whole give back piece for that, and then at the end of it, they're like, all right, and if you're reading this article, you know, use promo code stop press on the flipping Domino's thing and get, you know, 40% off your next pizza on us, our bad, much love, whatever. It's like, yeah. they would flip it on its head, you know, just I think when you stuff up, just flip and own it, you know? And it's a simple, I think when they go into hide mode. It, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a simple apology. And um, a lot of the time that rests off the back of old school um, PR and that defend, 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 and the crisis comms strategies that say never admit that you've done anything wrong. Whereas the brands that go, shit, we really fucked up and we are sorry. Mm. Tell us how we can make it better. Um, that's it. That's all you need. Full stop. We're yep. sorry. Full stop. We're going to try Next. to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, another quick question. Marketing. From what you've seen <laughs> since after outside lockdown after we went from level four down to now level one and everyone's out and running in freedom have you seen a tone or change in leadership with how they're thinking about marketing and branding moving into the end of 2020 or do you think people are back in the motion of how things were and they're kind of just like back to business stuff it where's the um, headspace at i've i actually had a conversation with my childhood best friend about this yesterday she's in california uh, Southern California. So she's back in that kind of semi lockdown. And um, I said, it's been a real eye opening and almost sad thing for me. So my wife works in a corporate and she loves going to work and she's got a really good um, balance at her workplace. So I've seen in where she works, there's this beautiful, like continue to do what works best for you to get your work done and gives you balance in your life. That's probably one of the only businesses I've seen where people haven't gone directly back into the hustle, um, where agencies run and run and run and run and clients expect and expect and expect. And we continually were getting the beige shit that we got. So you mentioned all of those awards before, Rebecca. I truly believe that the creative and advertising industry is creating for the awards. They're creating for each other. They're trying to one up and the brands who are creating to connect and to have conversations are the ones that are going to do better. But I haven't seen a change in New Zealand. I've seen everybody go back to work and try to find some like, maybe it's comfort in the, the normalcy of what came before. But I think people forgot that what came before was like burnout. We have a huge, a hugely high statistic around um, suicide in marketing and advertising here in New Zealand. You know, people aren't seeing their families, they're unwell, like all of these things. And I'm like, why would we want to go back to that normal? but we have do you think they haven't learned because this is one of the things that i thought about while everyone was in lockdown it was very much kind of woosa let's change the landscape let's change the way the world operates let's, let's change everything let's reset let's recalibrate whatever and then what it's kind of felt like is coming back into the mix now from i guess what i'm seeing it's also a rush back to normalcy of how it was, not yeah. a rush into what it could be. Um, and you'd think for a small nation of only five million, you know, maybe 
would there be a bit more bravery? But then the, the counterpoint to that would be obviously, you know, if we're about to head into a recession, do you want to be push and go? And maybe you want to be on the defense mode. Maybe you want to be battening down the hatches. Maybe you want to, you know, maybe offense first, defense play, which, which is what I think. Do you think brands, what do you think the headspace of brands is in this next 12 months? Defense think, and lockdown? I, f- I think we'll know a lot more after this month because here in New Zealand, the government subsidies that have helped keep businesses alive, I believe are ending in August. So I think we're going to see another round of redundancies. I think we're going to see a lot more people um, restructured out. I think we're going to see a lot of people in the industry um, scared and uh, facing insecurities. So brands themselves, I think, have gone a bit quieter um, on the whole because they're trying to figure out where they belong. So I think it's going to be not a complete reset because people like to move and motion begets motion. But I think there will be, um, and I hate this word, but I'm going to use it, a pivot um, in how brands and agencies and creatives work together. I think that it'll, it's either going to be a lot more collaborative and like a true kind of relationship working together or things will uh, fall apart. I feel like there's the, there needs to be a full rebuilding of, of that client agency um, relationship structure. Mm. It gives me a little bit disappointed, Casey. I'm not gonna lie, a little bit, little, 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 little bit gutted. Uh, no, I mean, I could, about... I could be wrong, but um, I just from watching it in New Zealand, as mm. which is a small microcosm of the world, right? But New yep. Zealand is one of the most creative countries on the planet. Like the stuff that we come up with here is just off the chart fun. It's um, experimental. It's innovative, but it's also like. This, the same people all the time. I can tell you which agency, not only which agency, but which creative has written an ad when I see it on TV. That's how rote and and templated things are feeling. So if, if that doesn't change, the next generation is going to be kind of like, oh, yuck, ads again, you know? Don't you think that sets the, the framework up of like, if you're a young buck, and if you if I'm 21 right now, and I'm seeing all this, I've been young enough to see see the world a little bit. To to say if I say if I'm 21 right now, and I've been living on YouTube since I was 13, I've seen the the advertising landscape change. I've seen all of it, but then I haven't seen them actually execute against that. Mm. A 21 year old now is going to be perfectly positioned to then through COVID be going. Well, you had your shot, you haven't done it, so now stuff you. I'm going to do it. So and if those young bucks, probably the under 25s, they'll still be in go mode because they know for the next five, 10, they can still just eat shit and go for it. The, the, the 35, 40 plus, whatever, maybe they are and maybe it's an age thing. Maybe any of those decision makers are in defense mode purely from where they're at. But if you're seeing the, if you're a young buck looking at it, I'm sure they'll be saying, have you not learnt your lesson? Have you not seen what it should be? Well, I'm old enough now, stuff it. Should I try dot, yeah. dot, dot? You know, yeah. do, you think, do you think the headspace of, youth coming up are going to get to that zone out of potential resentment for the leaders who they thought should be leaders leading? I think I was there (laughs) at 25. (laughs) 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 You know, a decade ago, I could see it, Rebecca. Like I've been talking for years about the value of the predator, right? The producer, director, editor who can go out with their phone or with a little DSLR and create just a a shredditor and create a masterpiece, but that's because the youth aren't creating for um, 
radio ears or TV eyeballs or the traditional measures, the young bucks today and the, you know, the young guns, the women and men coming up through creative industries, they're working for conversation and they understand the emotional tug, which I think in, in the age group just before you and I, or, you know, some people in our little age group, we've been hoodwinked by digital um, forms of success. So, you know, like how many eyeballs and how many clicks and all of these things. And it's like, cool, but a human being owns those eyeballs. A human being clicked on that. So how did you tug at the heartstring or what was the thing that made somebody's brain post-rationalize a big purchase or a small purchase? And I think the kids today, they know that, like I've got a 14 year old daughter and this kid is just, she is a legend. She is an editor and she likes to create these little like 15 second sweeps. Um, and she can do better editing in motion graphics than I've seen most adults do. And she can go, I'm gonna build up a, um, an Instagram channel from nothing. And she'll build it up to like 20,000 followers. And then she's like, mm, that was cool. And then she deletes it. So the kids are like, we know what people want. We give them value. And then when we're bored with it, our egos don't need mm. the followership. So it's going to be a completely different mindset for young people as they come up, especially because they know they're smart. Like my um, my daughter's best friend had four tickets to Trump's rally in Tulsa, right? And this is a kid in Birkenhead, <laughs> New Zealand. Um, so like, they're smart. They get it. They know how to utilize the platforms and they know how to, to muck with data and to, and to do what they need to do. Mega. Um, I'm going to let you get off to your run. Before we bail, um, thank you for being the, the first guest in the new little studio space. I'm extremely hyped and happy with all this. I've even got, I've got you something a little bit before we go as well, Cassie. I don't, oh, wait, I've got to try. Can you hear it? Oh, I can hear him. Rocket man. Zero I know that you're a, a huge fan. And so I thought we'd, t we'd take it wear out with on, a little bit. I literally wear him on my sleeve. There he is. Do you actually? <laughs> Yeah, I got an Elton tattoo. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, before we go, uh, any last last words? Any last little thing people should think about? If yeah, actually, man, if you're I'm... a brand owner, right? Oh, sorry, you go. Go ahead. I was just going to say, oh. I just actually miss seeing you in real life. Oh, you're so close. You're right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Life. Yeah. Oh, so, brand owner, you wanted me to give somebody a... Oh. Yeah, if, if, if you're a brand owner right now, you've seen the Domino's thing, you're, you're even probably more scared to potentially go on for the future. Um, what were the f top one or two things you'd be, if you're a brand owner right now, worried about potential backlash of anything you're about to do, but you want to be brave and humorous and try and do some cool shit, what would you do? I think the first thing is, if you know your brand and you know the tonality that you set and the things that you put out into the world, and if what you're going to put out into the world is kind, um, and kind doesn't mean boring. If it's kind and it's helpful um, and it's going to start a conversation that brings people together, just just do it. Like be nerdy, be geeky, have fun, um, mess with people, muck with people. And then the second thing is if you muck up, just say you're sorry. Like it's simple. People, people are easy to forgive. That's lovely. DJs, love you work. Cassie, have fun, enjoy your run. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Rebet. Thanks, everybody. Love, love your work. Peace. You too. Oh, look at that.
I've got got tracks, got DJs, got the whiskey. Bit early in New Zealand, but it's in the Arvo here. Um, that was Cassie Roma. Very cool. Brands. Fucking brands. Um, I'm quite impressed with this. If you haven't, if you've just tuned in to see the technology that's happening, let me just quickly run it through it. DSLR, Panasonic GH5 on third HDMI cord coming into this, the laptop stream here. I've got the iPad on the right hand side, which is Bluetoothing the music into here. Can't sing. Um, and then all syncing here, and then the audio comes through. And that, that is basically it. Um, very cool. All right. Adios, team. She want a war, nigga. She want to fight with the war. Deuces.